0: Welcome to Hair the Werewolf. I'm Chase, and I'm here with my co-host, Lily. Hey, guys. And we are a supernatural horror podcast that aims to explore the world of fear, often with a drink or two to make it more fun. Because if you're like us, scary stories help us forget the stresses of the week. For those of you who missed last week's episode, we released the official Hair of the Werewolf cocktail for the summer. I hope some of you gave it a shot. And if you missed it, make sure to go back and listen to it. We gave the recipe and everything. And we also put the recipe on our social media. It's a really good tiki drink. It's like a grapefruit, rum, cocktail, and... And some beer. And there's, <laughs> I mean, we can't make a cocktail A splash out of beer. Yeah. So, I mean, on that note, what are you actually drinking today? Because we had the cocktail last week. What are you drinking we did.
1: today? Uh, today, I kind of kept it simple. So I'm having gin with soda, specifically Squirt, which is a grapefruit-based <laughs> uh, soda. I, I, mean, told it's her,
0: I told her it would be a good mix. And then she <laughs> pours it, and then she takes a sip, and she just looks at me like she just sipped poop.
1: Well, also, I, I'm, I don't know how big of a fan I am of the gin that you bought as well. So that might have been a mix of it. I mean, everything's working against me. She, like, hits
0: all my (laughs) gems, so I'm never going to win with that. Yeah, so one little announcement. Our friend Joe sent us a link to a new horror documentary that gets Ooh. released this month. It should appeal to most of you, and it's going to especially appeal to you if you're a Conjuring fan. So it's called The Sleepless Unrest. It documents four people who stay for two weeks in the actual Conjuring house. You know, obviously the one in movies was fake. It was, it was like a, a huge set. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this one, it's it's a little more modest and realistic looking. So four people actually stay in it for 2 weeks. The four people are the two directors, Kendall Welpton and Vera Welpton. I wonder if they're yeah, they have the same last name. So I, I didn't look into them. I don't know if they're <laughs> I, I don't knows. know if they're family or or, or married, married or something. Yeah. And they're and they're doing it with two paranormal investigators, Richard Stratton and Brian Murray. They claim to have attempted to document any paranormal activity that occurred during their stay. There is a trailer on YouTube, and it definitely tries to turn up the fear to like eleven. It's kind of ridiculous, uh, but I'm betting it's going to feel more like just ghost hunter shows that we've we've watched. You know, it's a little over the top. They're probably going
1: to have like the same kind of equipment, or uh, if it's exactly. like a true investigation, if not, if they're just sitting there being like, oh, let's see if something happens, which I highly doubt. I think they're going to. Gonna, they're going to do the whole ordeal and Every, so. Everything's
0: going to be done to make it seem scarier than it may or may not have actually been. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But either way, I think it looks fun. We're probably going to watch it. It's supposed to be released to video on demand. I'm not sure what site specifically, but on July 16th. So just like two weeks away. Mm. So that could be fun for all of you Conjuring fans and real world paranormal investigation fans yeah so that's that's the big one so thanks to joe for sending us that link because i hadn't even heard of it
1: yeah me either i really want to check it out when that comes out yeah so it's been a pretty hectic week it's
0: been a super hectic week
1: also um if you guys hear anything in the background (laughs) i apologize so our our uh, neighbors are i think are having like a party or something
0: so and it's kind of on and off raining and it's windy (laughs) And the car's been bad, but we did everything we could to soundproof it. I think it'll be fine. It should
1: be fine. But here's
0: hear stuff in the background, uh, I apologize.
1: There's nothing we can do about that. These are like out of our hands, elements kind of thing. So, yeah. But anyway, the material should still be the same and fun, so we'll all have a good time. I promise.
0: Yeah, and if you're having a drink, it's going to get funner as we get along. <laughs>
1: uh, and Funner.
0: You know, I want to keep, you know, throwing out news.
1: Well, we have like some things that happened. Okay, so I'd like to start out that at the beginning of the week, Or rather, last weekend, our friend Lisa finally really um, moved into her house and everything. And (laughs) Chase is convinced that it might be haunted. But aside from that, Chase thinks all new houses are haunted because he's, like, always in this fear that maybe something will, like, you know what I mean, emerge from the depths and, like, you're totally screwed. It's, like, one of his fears. Totally understandable. Yeah. And then the other thing is that something weird did happen. Do you want to tell that part of the story?
0: Oh, yeah. So we get this weird text image from Lisa. And she says, do any of you guys know what this says? It was a bunch of like Asian characters. I couldn't tell if it was Chinese, or Japanese, because a lot of them are the same characters written in the mirror. But it only showed. showed... So like
1: the fog or the. yeah, noise. It had
0: the fo- The mirror had to be foggy for the yeah. letter to show up. You know, someone put their oils from their finger when they wrote it out. <laughs> And they were kind of weirded out about it, and I was like, I don't know what that means, but they did find out all it said was, like, Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, which is so weird. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, and... Unless it's just been sitting there for a really long time, because no one had no one had lived in that house for for a while, right? I think like the original owners had like moved out or something years prior. Yeah, I'm not sure on the story, but anyway, I thought that was pretty creepy.
0: Well, and our friend our friend came was staying over there because Lisa yeah. <laughs> Lisa had to leave to head back to car to get more stuff in her car, and Cayman was staying there overnight. And he even called us. He's like, I wonder if it's haunted. And <laughs> the next morning, we're like, you dead?
1: I was like, hey, are you still alive? Uh, and he's
0: like, yeah, the house is fine. He's like, there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool.
1: He's okay. Um, And then also later in the week, I think this was like on Wednesday I, or maybe Tuesday, we received a weird letter with a bunch of old photographs that did not belong to us. we got
0: a letter with no (laughs) return address. And calling it a letter is weird. We got an envelope. Right. But there was no letter inside. With no return address however you know the post office they have to stamp you know point of origin to confirm and that came from New York. Mm -hmm. But anyway so it was addressed to our address with no name just to this address. So since there was no name, I was totally within my bounds to open it, which I did. Well, yeah, um, I mean, it was
1: to our address. And, and it where felt the current thick.
0: Residents? And I thought it was weird. And I opened it up <laughs> and inside is a piece of cardboard to like keep the envelope firm, like uh, to hold its structure. And then there's a tiny older envelope inside, which I pull out and within it is a pile of ancient photographs. They're so old. The most recent one, you can tell it's the most recent one, and it's also the only one with a date is 1973. And these
1: are pictures of people, by the way. People we we don't know. Yeah. Or like, even look like us. Well, not me. I mean, they're yeah. all white people, so I
0: don't it, know. It's the only color photograph. Um, all the other ones are black and white. Some of them look World War II or earlier. Yeah. So it's a bunch of old photographs. Absolutely <laughs> bizarre. And then, in addition to the photographs, were this little pile of return address stickers you know the kind that people print out we use them too and you just put them on the top of your letter and they were all you know it was like an unused set of them the name on the return address was c like c letter c letter v wicker and wicker that's right i did an online search and all i could find and i don't even know if it's accurate or the right one was there was someone named cecil vivian wicker who apparently, you know, wrote some books and published them through the UNM press in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and was born in 1895. I have no other information than that. It may not be the same person, but, but that it was would really be weird.
1: that would be the connection. I Who knows?
0: Um, and, and the return address, it had that name, C.V. Wicker, yeah. and our actual current address. So, like, that's how they knew where to send it, I assume.
1: Yeah, and I think our, our friend Andrew, the one who uh, we were on their podcast not too long ago.
0: Dead Letter Movies.
1: Dead Letter Movies he had a good suggestion it was probably like an estate sale or they were cleaning out an estate and maybe they found these photographs saw the address along with and it and just returned it and were like let's just get rid of it yeah which makes sense yeah it's just it was just out of the blue it was super creepy
0: yeah so I'm, I'm looking into it i've i've contacted a lot of different friends who might have different leads we're gonna see if we can find out and hope it's not a nefarious trail that we have to follow
1: oh my god <laughs> I doubt it. I'm sure. It's... How
0: often does this stuff happen? Like in movies, but it's always bad in movies. So, well, so
1: far we haven't been cursed. As far oh, as I no, know, I'm not
0: worried about that. But you know, yeah. I don't want to like find out we're looking for some sort of serial killer and something crazy like that. And that our oh house was like a former place where people were murdered or something.
1: Well, that maybe could have happened. Who yeah, knows? maybe who
0: knows. <laughs> so I guess yeah, there was
1: a few quite weird a few things. things that
0: happened today or in the, this in last the, week. The week,
1: yeah, it was it was entertaining.
0: But it looks like Lily has a giant pile of papers for today. <laughs> you
1: always say that. Actually, this time it really is a long one.
0: Yeah. So, so last week, if you guys got sick and tired of listening to me jibber jab all episode, it's probably not going to happen this time. So Lily is in control.
1: Yeah, uh, you're going to hear me talk and stutter this entire time. So Perfect. get ready. Uh, so my story actually was inspired by uh, the fact that our friend Kamen, the one we were talking about who saw the... Chinese inscriptions on the mirror wall when he took a shower (laughs) he's going to New Orleans uh, very soon and I thought hey I should do a story in that location and see what I can find and I found the story I was I thought I was covering the last time do you remember when I started researching on a plantation Myrtle's plantation absolutely and then at first I thought it was another place and I was confused Mm -hmm. so this is it oh yeah so I was totally off but that's okay. I mean, you, it's in the South.
0: You got there eventually. <laughs> I got that's there. That's all that matters.
1: <laughs> so this is called the LaLaurie Mansion. And like I said, it's in New Orleans.
0: Wait, can you spell La LaLaurie. L-A, Lori. L-A like space L O R L A U
1: R I E. But except it's one word. So it's LaLaurie. That's weird. Yeah, it's not the easy... Or like the most fun word to it's say. It's just
0: gonna sound like... Uh, so is that what you meant when you said stuttering? No. <laughs> I was like, because it's gonna sound like you're stuttering. La, 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 Lori.
1: No, I just meant like I stutter by nature. But okay, that also is not gonna be helpful. So Sweet.
0: here we go. <laughs> get self-conscious. Let's make this...
1: Let's, let's do this on a good note. Okay. Uh, this is also my first disclaimer. There is a small portion of my story that I will be discussing and it has some very... Very violent and sad subject matter. I will put in the episode description when I will be talking about this stuff. So if you want to skip it, you'll know when to do that, mm-hmm. especially if you're listening to it. You a- mean like the timestamp? The timestamp, right. And, uh, you know, in case one, you don't want to listen to it, or two, you have kids with you. And also, as I'm talking, I will give a warning be like, pause now. Look well, the- I
0: appreciate that you're not giving me the opportunity to skip it. <laughs> no, you have to listen. Because knowing me, I would. Uh, really depressing stuff messes with my head.
1: Yeah, totally. So with that said, this story begins with Delphine Lalori Her birth name was actually Marie Delphine McCarty or McCarthy. And she was born on March 19th, 1787. It wasn't until her third marriage that she would be most famously known as Madame, no, sorry, <laughs> Madame LaLaurie. And she is most infamously known as being one of the first women serial killers. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's kind of a true crime episode as well. So watch out. So I am going to say, uh, if you're from the U.S., you might already know that New Orleans is probably one of the most haunted cities in the U.S. and a high competitor for the worldwide title, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, it was founded in 1718, making it one of the oldest cities. And yeah, so it has a ton of of dark history, ghosts, deaths. I mean, it's it's insane. And black magic or voodoo or however people describe it, there's so many variations, to be honest, so who knows. So I'm going to start with Madame Delphine's early childhood, because like any serial killer, you kind of start out with that. Delphine was born in New Orleans, and her family were prominent members of the European Creole community. Her uncle was mayor of New Orleans, but in 1791, when Delphine was four years old, a resistance was formed by the slaves and the Haitian Revolution began. Delphine's uncle was murdered by his own slaves, and he was one of many slave owners and their families that were killed. Mm-hmm. This was a win for the enslaved, but in 1811, the German coast uprising caused a backlash, and slave owners started treating their slaves even worse to prevent any future insurrections. Um, Joy. Yeah, I, it's really weird. Um, That's awful. Just shitty. Seeing all this occur as a young child, some people believe that it sparked Delphine's psychotic behavior. This is by no means an excuse for her crimes and uh, that she will commit, but serial killers don't usually have a good excuse to begin with. So this is just like the childhood.
0: I know, but I, I just need to verify that I heard you correctly. They're saying that a slave uprising may have caused someone to become a serial killer
1: are seeing like so many of her like her family or like people do you know what i'm saying like it's the dumbest excuse yeah, quote goal. unquote but my point is is that
0: serial so killers are crazy oh right
1: that's what i'm saying like they're just crazy they don't need
0: any reason to kill
1: listen i'm just telling a story All right. <laughs> that people told me to tell so anyway yeah lame excuse let's get into her marriages Delphine was married, or she married her first husband when she was 13 years old. He was a high-ranking Spanish officer. His name was Don Ramón de López y Ángulo, but he died when the couple was en route to Madrid. Mysterious way, some people say. Delphine at the time was pregnant and decided to return to New Orleans. She married two more times. Her second husband was a banker and a legislator, so he had a lot of money, but he died eight years later. She ended up having four kids with that guy. The third time, she married a physician named uh, Leonard Nicholas Lalari, So that's where she got her name, and she kept it. Okay. Uh, he was much younger than her, 20 years younger, in fact. Oh, wow. And Tables have turned. Yeah, right. Um, so from what I understand, she actually, well, I don't know if she forced him, but they were kind of forced into this marriage because he got her pregnant. So it's kind of like what you do. Gotcha. Um, they ran in the same social circles, and he was a doctor, so it wasn't really easy for him to kind of get away with it. Sure. They did not have a good marriage, but it lasted a long time. So
0: lots of lots of husbands, lots of turmoil. Yeah, she had a good life. She's
1: just kind of all over the place. By this point, Delphine was very rich, and in 1832, she built her own mansion. Which at the time I think was only two stories, but eventually the third, a third story was added. So when you look at the pictures, it's a three-story house. The mansion also had an attached slaves' quarter. Uh, the building is still existing and is located on 1140 Royal Street. If anyone's curious, but no one is allowed inside today. Yeah. So like no one can go in there. Madame Delphine's twisted story begins here. Now there are conflicting histories. As to what really happened at the LaLaurie mansion, many downplay what occurred, while others may have sensationalized it, especially some tour groups, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the information I felt was most common, and I will also try to give like, counter-arguments that to me seemed legit, instead of just being All like, right. oh, you guys are crazy, and then that was it. Anyway, so in 1832, when Delphine built her home the neighbors began to suspect that strange things were going on in her house. Rumors began to emerge that when a new slave was brought into the home, they were never seen again. Mm. Good start, people. So one particular story that I'm going to start with was brought the attention that Delphine might have been really cruel to her slaves was when witnesses saw a 12-year-old girl, a slave girl named Leah being chased by Delphine with a whip. This was being witnessed by her neighbors, The neighbors saw Delphine chase her all the way to the roof, where the little girl was either pushed or jumped off out of fear and died. Authorities got involved to investigate and ultimately decided that it was just unsafe for the slaves to live in the home and were removed to where they can be resold. Um, Delphine was not going down without a fight, so she got her friends and family to attend the auction to buy back her slaves.
0: this is this is horrible like
1: it's the worst
0: i know that we always talk about how slaves are treated like property but to have your slaves repoed that's weird
1: right like they're i don't know like everything
0: about it makes me sick
1: uh well
0: (laughs) get ready oh (laughs) no
1: now according to historical records delphine's first mistreatment incident towards enslaved people was probably in 1828 when she ended up paying a fine and then was forced to sell her slaves as well so this has already happened to her and this is this is something that I think was actually in record, so they can't really dispute it. So they're when people say no, she was super nice to her slaves, I'm mm. like, well, how come authorities in a place where it's legal to have slaves are even like, you can't have them because you don't know. That's bad, right? I am going to source credit to GhostCityTours.com. They had an incredible website, very well done. Like I had seen a lot of or read a lot of articles and videos on YouTube, whatnot, about the LaLaurie mansion and this article really put a lot of the information that I had already found and more in their website so if someone wants to check it out totally worth a read perfect on April 10th 1834 a fire broke out at the mansion this is where I'm gonna put the disclaimer because it's gonna get really bad oh no so a few seconds here I'm
0: already upset (laughs) because whenever we talk (laughs) about slaves I get mad oh I do too such a disgusting how do you
1: think I felt when I was like just sitting there like oh my god am i actually just reading this at 2 a.m all alone but yeah it's terrifying and sad so here we go when firefighters arrived at the scene the first person they saw was a 70 year old woman chained to the stove in the kitchen
0: what
1: the woman said please let me die i started the fire and i wanted everyone to die because it's better than spending another day here once the fire was put out, firefighters went to investigate parts of the home, particularly the servants' quarters in the attic, but I think it's just called slaves' quarters. I always have a hard time finding out which one to use, but anyway. Yeah. The rooms were locked from the outside, so when they asked Delphine to open them, she flat out refused. Since this wasn't exactly a request, the fireman continued to just break down the doors. Okay, everyone put down your snack if you're eating, because I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, great. Was it something I made for you? Uh, so that, did it no. Ruin, did it ruin something? I,
1: kinda... I was eating the Frito pie I made. So it
0: was. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: um, because it's about to get more graphic, so I just want to warn you, I was not prepared for this. According to a local newspaper called the New Orleans Bee, after firefighters entered the attic, this is how the article describes their findings quote upon entering one of the apartments the most appalling spectacle met their eyes several slaves more or less horribly mutilated were seen suspended from the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other language is powerless and inadequate to give a proper recollection of the horror which a scene like this must have inspired we shall not attempt it but leave it rather to the reader's imagination to picture what it was the slaves were the property of the demon in the shape of a woman whom we mentioned in the beginning of this article. They had been confined by her for several months in the situation from which they had thus been rescued and had merely been kept in existence to prolong their suffering and make them taste all that the most refined cruelty could inflict. But why dwell upon the particulars? We feel confident that the community will share with us our indignation and thus vengeance will fall heavily full upon the guilty culprit. End quote. More specifically, I found out this article also went on to say that many were chained to the wall. Seriously, Jays get ready. I, 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 can't, I think I'm going to barely be able to say this out loud. Uh, some were in small cages. Others were tied to operating tables, makeshift operating tables. Some had spiked collars. Others were left naked and mu- mutilated. Some bodies had their stomachs cut open and their intestines were wrapped around them. Others had their mouths stuffed with trash or their own body parts and then sewn shut. There was a girl found with many of her limbs broken in unnatural ways. And the idea was that she was that when she healed, she would look like a crab. There was also a man that had his head drilled open on top and sticking out of it was a wooden spoon. There was a woman whose limbs were completely removed. Some of them had their skin peeled back lots of genital mutilation, everyone was starved and dehydrated, and to top it all off, her victims had to endure all of this with buckets of random body parts surrounding the room. In one article, it was estimated that 40 slaves went missing at this house. I am so (laughs) sorry, your face. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sorry,
1: I'm like, I'm laughing, but I'm, I'm just mortified. It's
0: really disgusting. Mm-hmm. This is like Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gein kind of repulsive.
1: It's beyond repulsive. but Because
0: she's not just killing them.
1: No, no, no. She was like psycho.
0: Yeah, that's gross. Well, I'm sorry I had to say that,
1: but okay. So there were some survivors from the entire incident.
0: I don't know if I'd call that surviving if you were in that situation.
1: Right. Some were found in the attic and others were in the servants' quarters. Those that were trapped in the attic later uh, succumbed to their injuries that were inflicted on them, while others died of smoke inhalation. Others that were quote-unquote lucky, like we mentioned, did recover. Soon people became aware of what happened, and they were completely outraged. A mob of about 4,000 people formed around the mansion and began to destroy it out of anger and disgust. I think a lot of them did also feel like betrayed, in a sense, because they thought she was this Wonderful woman and really in secret She was doing all these just unthinkable Things which is interesting because you know they're also Slave owners but I guess they just thought This was too far mm-hmm. even for any Anyone Delphine and her family managed to escape and eventually Move back to Paris where she would uh, Die they
0: escaped a 4,000 Person mom I think
1: at some point when They were like we're gonna knock This down she's like Zip like totally left from what Like Wait, she escaped you said
0: Delphine and her family
1: uh, most of her family, it looks like, yeah.
0: Wait, wait, she had family members who were willing to hang out with her after this?
1: This is also assuming that they They didn't knew. help? Or they didn't help, right, but who knows. Uh, yeah, uh, so she went to Paris. She lived there for the rest of her life, and she died in 1849. The records of her death are still shaky, as in, like, people aren't really sure if she died in France, but... It seems like there is enough evidence, especially there were these old letters between her and her children, where Delphine writes (laughs) that she misses New Orleans, but her children respond with, do you remember what happened there? (laughs) So it's kind of one of those things where like, it was obvious that she was not living in the States anymore. There are also some records that suggest that after she died, her body was returned to New Orleans to be buried there. That one was because there was like a tombstone that had her name or a similar version of it. And the time frame fit as well, so they're thinking maybe they did bring her back at some point, but that's still not really determined. It's not
0: confirmed.
1: Right. One of the articles I read uh, that was a source was from Jean Delavine's writings, which she published in 1946. So this would have been 112 years after the fire. Today, her writings can be found in a book called Ghost Stories of the Old New Orleans, in the book, she goes on to also say that when the property was being recovered or renovated, I'm sorry, um, additional bodies were discovered underneath the house, all of which had signs of physical abuse. Her sources were gathered from old newspapers, interviews, and neighborhood hearsay, I guess. It's like stories that um, may have stuck around. And so she interviewed people around that were passed down from her fam- from their family members.
0: I mean, I am all for protecting historical buildings <laughs> to an extent. Right. But do you really renovate a house that was a tortured dungeon from hell? Like, that's something you burn down and walk away. Well, let
1: me put it this way. Like, there are museums dedicated to serial killers that have their belongings. They're, they're not historical. Not in the sense where, they're like... We need to remember the, the victims or
0: anything like that. Yeah, no, if, if like this that. was being saved to become a memorial for the victims, that's one thing and I totally understand Oh, it that.
1: was never, I don't think. Yeah, like, no,
0: this was some guy who walked in there, he's like, oh, man, uh, the bloodstained attic, we just need to replaster this so yeah, that we can, new you know, wallpaper. So we can, like, have our this become our kids' new playroom. Yeah. This is disgusting. The house shouldn't burn to the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think that's what the neighborhood was trying to do, but they were stopped by police, you know, after the mob was being controlled um They were seriously like,
0: this is destroyed. before tear gas. A 4,000 person mob should be able to achieve anything.
1: 4,000 was a high <laughs> estimate. Right. That's true. um So I don't know, but I think 4,000 was the highest number. I also read an article that said 2,000. Still, we're in the thousands. That's a lot of people.
0: I'd like to point out that if I lived at this time, I could <laughs> by myself, I'd wait till the mob was gone, and like a week later, I'd go burn it down.
1: Oh, right. Um, who knows how far their intent was going? Maybe they were just furious and wanted to do a a uh, big to do, and was like, "Yeah, I'm here too." You know, I don't know. This people is are weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Just for uh, everyone's sanity, I'm going to stop talking about the horrible things. Um, very specifically, and end the disclaimer here. Um, so no longer are we going to say this or that. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. We won't go into specifics. Um, now since I end the disclaimer, I'm going to do a PG recap uh, version so that people who Did not want to listen to the other details I had. They didn't miss any important information. So for the other people, like I said, there was a fire at the Laurie Mansion in 1834. When firefighters got there, they saw that Madame Delphine mistreated her slaves and she was going to get into a lot of trouble. A lot of them died. Yeah. So like a scaredy cat, she left New Orleans and moved back to Paris. And that's basically all you should really have to know. Now, there are some counter-arguments. A lot of people believe that the conditions that, you know, she inflicted on her her slaves were sensationalized. They think that, yes, she may have been rougher, but not to the extent of the stuff I said earlier.
0: I think maybe they were just stories for, for well, to what end?
1: For tours. This could have been a lot later. Oh, um, the,
0: but don't you have that? Wasn't that newspaper article from when it actually happened?
1: I'm going to get into that.
0: Oh, okay. okay. So...
1: Much of this horrific information came also from the newspaper called New Orleans Bee. It helped spread the story like wildfire. And I'm guessing that when, what was her name, Delavine, the woman who ended up writing it like 100 years later about it, she said that she also got news articles. I'm guessing it might have been this same one. And I will say that for the people who are always counter-arguing what uh, Madame Delphine might have done, This actually gives them validity. So let me explain. This newspaper was not necessarily known to be the most reliable. Many people today compare it to the National Enquirer.
0: Oh, great.
1: Oh, dear. (laughs) For example, one of the bee's prime sources came from neighbors. So it was all like word of mouth kind of thing, which is fine. Except there was this one guy called Monsieur Montre. He had a huge crush on Delphine and she, of course, never reciprocated. So many people believe he may have made up a lot of the stories to get back at her. Um, Although that's quite the imagination.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) What we can get away with printing today, our levels of censorship are considerably less than they would have been in the 1800s. Sure. I think the kinds of things they were talking about might not have, if it were not true, would have been considered completely unacceptable to put in print it just would
1: have been excessive right
0: oh like yeah i'm like unless they were able to be like this actually happened most people would be like we don't you don't print this stuff it's inappropriate right exactly uh, so that i don't know i don't know if i buy this
1: sure so but that is a counter argument that is true i mean the, the b a lot of people say you no know, historians they're like this was kind of a sensationalized newspaper you know all that all that stuff also other people have come to Delphine's defense and state that she always treated her slaves well, like, quote, and these are from her friends, like other, other people, she would hand her half-empty glass of wine at dinner parties to the slave who waited behind her chair, insisting that they drink it, which I guess would have been just so kind. And other lovely phrases like, the little, um, n-word, Who leaped from the roof, fleeing Delphine's whip, was actually sliding down a curving banister, playing and fell, being killed by the marble hallway floor. End quote. So, some of these like defenses are just also horrible. Yeah, and you know, like preposterous, you know, and And she wasn't
0: whipping the boy. He fell while playing on the stairs.
1: (laughs) He fell on the whip. I don't understand. Where have
0: I heard that? I fell down some stairs before. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. Spousal abuse. Every single abuse story ever. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, again, this isn't very helpful considering the source. So um, I don't know if there's
0: something wrong with me, but I'm inclined to believe all the horrible things and I don't want to. But for some reason, my brain's like these horrible things happened.
1: I think my takeaway was, you know, there were some other people who were saying, okay, forget about the other guys, like the ones who are like saying, oh, you know, she would give her her half drink wine. Okay, Aside from that, people were like, okay, yeah, maybe things would have gone wrong, but maybe it wasn't to that extent kind of thing. Like she was just cruel. Okay, yeah,
0: I, um, I, I I can give credit to those stories. Yeah, but it sounds like if she's fleeing and a mob forms, <laughs> chances right. are something the mob didn't form because like I can't believe this woman gave half half of a wine glass to her slaves. Let's go kill her.
1: Right. No, it that was it was happen. for other reasons for sure, and so they had to be extreme enough for people to just be like. You're a terrible person. So that is kind of her story. I felt like it was important. It was historical. And also, whether or not, again, any of these things actually occurred. These things, absolutely horrible things that happened during slavery. I don't know. I just feel like these things aren't talked about sometimes, or they're very censored. I even tried kind of censoring people from hearing it, giving them a chance to, like, if they didn't want to feel sad right now, they don't have to. Anyway, point being... Let's go into the hauntings.
0: <laughs> Sweet.
1: Because there has to be after this story. <laughs> let's just
0: brighten this story Let right is, up now, do Let's don't get you.
1: really, really wild with it. Okay. Since Madame Delphine left the mansion, there have been tons of owners. And it's also believed that anyone who ended up owning the home would either die or come to, like, severe financial misfortune. Like, they think it's kind of a curse at this point. Um, and here are some of the stories. In 1840, a man purchased the property. He didn't last very long. In fact, he decided to just lease it, but again, no one would stay long enough. Eventually, the property was up for sale again, ending, I think, in classic horror fashion. There was so many people buying it and then reselling it immediately. Always a bad sign.
0: So, quick story time. Uh, Yeah, I I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) Our sister-in-law, she lives in a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. And... Like a block or so away from her, there's been this house that Mm -hmm. keeps going on sale. It's not being rented. It's like going on sale and then being bought and sold like weeks, if not months later. And this has been happening repeatedly for like, what, two years now? Mm -hmm. So even before the pandemic, it's absolutely crazy. And all that says to me is people have moved in. Because, I mean, if there were repair issues, this would come to light and people would buy it knowing something needs to be fixed. But it just screams to me. Maybe the house
1: is haunted. Yeah, I I swear, like, if you weren't going to bring it up at this point, I was about to, like, talk about that, too, and be like, actually, I know someone, something similar. And so I'm convinced, like, yeah, my sister, uh, Vivi, she also mentioned that when she her she's walking her son, you know, just to, like, have a around the neighborhood, and they'd always pass by, sometimes she would purposely walk across the street away from it mm-hmm. because she has felt like scared
0: yeah bad mojo
1: yeah just like not cool uh house not cool and her not really knowing anything about it at this point so yeah. that's something to say in my opinion i think that's pretty damn creepy
0: well and i think i mean this it would have been a little different back in when did this guy buy like the 1800s still it was still the 1800s when he bought this when he
1: bought it 1840 yeah, yeah so
0: then maybe you know renting buying a home was a different scenario than it is now but nowadays buying a home is such a Arduous process that to buy a home and then sell it to someone else to buy it to sell it, and just have that happen so repeatedly something's wrong.
1: But a big house, it's not like a common home where oh, anyone yeah, can afford mansion. it. This is a mansion.
0: Yeah, not not the not the one near our sister, the one in the story. Obviously. Oh yeah,
1: the, <laughs> the little lorry house. Yeah, the
0: one near our sister is a tiny normal house.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that was the first person I think that purchased a house, and then around uh, 1874, the building was turned into an all-girls school. There were, oh, sweet. <laughs> there were often complaints of the ch- from the children reporting to the teachers that a woman would scratch their arms, leave bruises or red marks. And whenever the teachers asked, well, you know, who did this? Or, you know, obviously questions like, how did this happen? They would always describe the same woman who had a whip.
0: Kind of weird. That whip again, coming back. Yeah,
1: I know. Full circle. In the 1880s, the mansion had earned the name The Haunted House of New Orleans, which is a hell of a statement considering Mm. how many haunted houses there are. (laughs) People who spent the night there often reported seeing a woman with red eyes staring at them in the dark as they slept people also have described this exact same woman walking outside late at night so different accounts from different people at different times
0: makes you wonder um, how these people were aware of the history of the house or if this happened to them obliviously i
1: think locally very well known this was not necessarily hidden in my opinion from what i understand okay um so just kind of passed down stories again like when i said about that woman's writings like when she wanted to write a book about it, kind of. Mm -hmm. This was like a hundred years later, and when she went to the neighborhood, neighboring areas, everyone had something to say. So, in 1894, the mansion was converted into apartments where there was a murder in one of the units. Friends of the murdered victim said, quote, he would often complain about sprites that inhabited his home, end quote. Police did, did an investigation on the murder and concluded that it was a robbery gone wrong. However, there was no real evidence that anything was missing from the apartment, although that also would have been very hard to determine as well. Sure, sure. Um, Other people think that the evil entity that tormented the man eventually killed him, mm. which is like the extreme opposite <laughs> of what was probably the case. Again, you know, if someone's trying to rob your home and it goes horribly wrong and they shoot you, typically, I think, they were not going to stick around and then rob you. So if they, <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to be like, uh-oh, Bye.
0: Considering the contents of what we heard in the censored portion, I don't know <laughs> if I want to make assumptions about pe- what people do oh, no. and don't do. I'm
1: sure there are exceptions, and we've seen some true crime episodes where, you know, serial killers stick around and like hang out their victims' homes. But in this instance, I, I'm just thinking like maybe it was just some guy who's like, "I need some cash." Oh no, I killed someone. Bye. <laughs> I, you know, that's just my assumption, or at least maybe.
0: Or maybe they're like, like oh so. man, well I guess I've killed someone, might as well make sure I get money now or something.
1: Ooh, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, I suppose so. So in that case, who knows what happened. Yeah.
0: I hope I never know. I never want to be in the criminal element.
1: <laughs> I know, and this is a kind of a true crime kind of slash haunted episode. Okay, so I'm gonna like move forward. There have been other owners, other different experiences, but <laughs> I'm just gonna share a few other ones. Um, in 2007, Nicholas Cage purchased the home. What? <laughs>
0: yeah. Is this what happened to his career?
1: Uh, ha. Interesting thing he used to say. <laughs> uh, though he lived there for only two years. He he was able to make
0: it two years.
1: Two years. In an interview with Vanity Fair, Cage says, "quote I bought it in 2007, figuring it would be a good place in which to write the great American horror novel. I didn't get too far with the novel." End quote. In another interview with Forbes, he says, quote, you know, other people have beachfront properties. I have ghostfront property. That's what I always say. I have not experienced anything, but I like a bit of mystery and the house has such a mystery to it. Some of the stories about it are pretty horrific, end quote. So from what I understand, he's pretty chill about it. However, a cleaning lady that worked there during, you know, while he was there, said sometimes after making the bed, she would turn away for a moment, and when she would turn back around, there would be a human indentation on the bed. Ooh, like someone was still lying there.
0: That's creepy. And she
1: would try fixing it. Like whenever she'd fix it, it would it would lift, you know, the sheets would lift and yeah, stuff like sure. that. And it seems like when it would settle again, it would happen again. And these aren't brand new beds. These aren't like the beds from the 1800s or whatever. You know, these are
0: That's messed new. up. Like now I'm trying to picture if it's just like the blankets and they're like going down into the bed like there's a ghost on top of them or if it's like in other movies you see it where you see the sheets but it looks like there's someone under it but there's no one under it
1: Was well, it indentation so i'm it's thinking uh like sinking in kind chunky of thing
0: ghost on top like
1: a, <laughs> yeah just some some fat you're ghost you're like
0: yo ghost i can't see you but i can tell you got a
1: fat ass <laughs> Are you hitting on a ghost?
0: I'm am I'm a fat ass insulting, not like a yeah girl. Oh, you mean ass. like
1: F, not PH? He's like,
0: like, damn, that's one fat ass. Okay,
1: well, you're gonna get haunted. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Big booty ghosts. Oh my god!
0: Can't see it I'm dancing.
1: I know. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. Oh my god. So let's see. Where the hell was I? Oh yeah. So the bed making totally weird. So, like I said, he only lived there for two years, and he moved in 2009. He ended up selling it back. Oh, no. He ended up selling it because he went bankrupt, which a lot of people believe is the curse of the house.
0: I remember when... Okay, so I'm assuming this is around the same time. I remember hearing when Nick Cage went bankrupt, because he also owned an island.
1: He did, yeah. Does he not still? I I don't think he not. does
0: anymore. And he also... At one point, he owned Action Comics number one, the most valuable comic book in history. It was the first superhero, which was Superman mm. ever. And I think he had to sell it for like a million something. Just
1: Is that how much it's worth? I don't know.
0: When he did it, I think it's worth a lot more now. But when oh. he did it, which was years ago. So yeah, apparently Nicholas Cage has had some money problems.
1: But like, how do you go bankrupt when you have all these... Assets, like, it, I mean, I I don't know. Who knows what happened?
0: So that's interesting. So either he's just really bad at financial decisions, no insult intended.
1: And this was just one of his many purchases. Or yeah.
0: the curse. He got cursed by Crazy Serial Killer Lady. Yeah. That's the one I'm
1: thinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that was totally what happened. That's it.
1: Um, in 2010, a guy named Michael Whalen purchased the home. He hired an interior designer by the name of Katie Stacy. Scott, who was based out of Houston and had never heard about the home's history. She quickly learned all about it when she went down there, and she has a quote, or it was like a quote from the article, like, uh-oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cute. Uh, she I was ended...
0: imagining Job from uh, Arrested Development saying that, he's like, what did I do? Oh yeah,
1: what have I done? Uh, she ended up getting a, oh, this is her, her solution. She ended up getting a bottle of holy water, from her church and she'd sprinkle some on herself every time she went into the house.
0: <laughs> I like this girl.
1: She's a she's like, I'm not fucking with this.
0: I'm I'm with her. Like uh-huh. if I had the opportunity to be like, hey man, this is legit holy water, I'd be like I'd spray it like perfume and walk through it. Oh my god. Day.
1: She literally said that in the in oh, her see. I didn't put the quote down here, but she's like, It was my perfume.
0: I told like, you, I told you me and this girl <laughs> we're thinking eye to eye. We're this like, is
1: freaking <laughs> me out. We
0: are the same. That is neat. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> so
0: got them the same.
1: You had the same. Um, so yeah, that was her. And she also said um, that she did experience some weird stuff, even though not like directly towards her, but in the house itself. She would hear the faucets in the bathroom turn on and the doors to the kitchen open and close at random. Okay. Katie had a really good quote regarding to her experiences. She said, quote, Neither sounds particularly frightening unless you're a contractor," end quote. <laughs> she had a carpenter level the doors multiple times because it kept opening and closing. She's like, there is no spare no expense kind of uh, job. You know hey, what I mean? An like, issue, we gotta fix it. Right, uh, do it the best way you can, brand new, level it, do what you have to do to make sure these things don't swing open and close on their own and they would still happen. Whatever was replaced to fix the issue would have still an issue. Um,
0: So that's kind of creepy. Money pit.
1: Money pit or what the hell. So that was her story. So, I mean, she tried everything she could to stop the hauntings, but there really wasn't apparently a lot she could. Another story from working with this guy, Michael Whalen, the caretaker at the time called Carol Williams had a lot of things happen to her. She would receive phone calls from the house's landline to her cell phone when no one else was in the home. She also received, oh no, she also believed that the ghost of the Lori house would follow her home. One Tuesday night when she was at her apartment with a friend, she suddenly heard the microwave turn on, her front door flew open, the TV turned on, and her little dog started barking in the direction of their bedroom. Then moments later, her phone rang again and the Lori landline appeared as a caller. Really? Yeah, she did admit that after the renovations were done, that the house hauntings did mellow down a bit. So she wasn't So in a they t- removed attack. some
0: haunted bits. Maybe
1: they? <laughs> who knows? Like maybe an entire floor where someone died on, and then the wood was or some
0: yeah blood-soaked beams. Uh, and... Yeah, Positive. that's disgusting.
1: Who knows what happened? But whatever trinkets or things that were in there yeah left with it perhaps i don't
0: know what would be weirder walking into this house and knowing that nick cage used to own it or that <laughs> a bunch of people were killed i know which one's more horrible Oh, i was gonna I, like say, nick I, cage. Mean... I actually like nick cage but i mean i don't know what would hit me harder at first to be like a bunch of people met their untimely death here or nick cage knew this bought it and lived here for a while bought
1: it yeah he
0: they're both such weird concepts
1: It really threw me for a loop when I read that. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was like, Nick Cage? I I really wasn't expecting it. And it was kind of a treat after all the crazy.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, this is also crazy, but in a fun way. Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, those are kind of like specific stories. And these are other hauntings that people experience more, like on a regular. Like everyone seems to really, the most common, I should say. It is also said that there is not one room in the entire mansion that people have not experienced something paranormal, which is also mm. kind of rare in, in, a, in a way, unless you have a really small house. They yeah, usually
0: have like hot spots, but then there's like dead zones, and it sounds like there's no dead zone. There's
1: no dead zone, and it seems like consistent just the fuck everywhere. I bet
0: there's orbs everywhere.
1: Orbs up <laughs> yoba. Nothing but orbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yes, these are the common ones. Pots and pans will be heard clanging. The doorknob into the kitchen would slowly turn and open with intent. Mm. We that, already heard that one. That
0: one messes me up. Pots and pans, clean, airflow, it just happens.
1: Sure, sure. Little little things here and there. But seeing the doorknob, they're that like, we've seen the doorknob turn. Not like, oh, I heard a door open for no reason. Or I didn't reason. close it. Right. Fo- yeah. No, no, no. Very intentional. Uh, phones will go off, but no one would be on the other line. So this is now sure. on the landline during tours or just passing by from the outside so like like i said the tours that they give of the house they never go inside you're always outside oh you're not allowed right but so this is just for being outside people have experienced feeling dizzy hearing muffled moaning or screaming like someone's being tortured feeling like someone is watching them like like physical just Right now, in this window, and sure. it's very particular sometimes too with people. They're like, "There's someone over there," kind of right. thing. Um, they That's have, a feeling
0: we all know. It's we all
1: feeling. know it. Oh yeah.
0: I, I do. N- I never turn my nose up to when people have that feeling because when you have it, it's like unmistakable. I've never had it. Like maybe someone's watching me. It's always I think I'm being watched.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's so. I don't know if it's animalistic is, like, the right term. But, like I said, do you remember when I told you about when I was editing one of our episodes? Yeah. And I Im- instantly, like, it was just, like, a light switch. I felt like someone was watching me yeah. from the window. And I'm like, I gotta leave. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. I, I
0: put so much credit on that feeling. That's one of the ones that makes me go, hmm, maybe ghosts do exist.
1: Yeah, that was the first and only time I've ever felt that in this house. So, I, I believed that instinct, for sure. So, that. And then, also... Uh, there have been accounts of seeing a little girl standing or sitting on top of the roof or worse, they actually see her fall off mm. and land in the same area that the little girl did mm. when she died. Of course, there would never be anyone there when they investigated. Uh, hearing scratches on the floorboards was another fun little thing. That's oh, just mice. Yeah, this is possibly, I would actually think it probably old, was. Mice. Yeah, mice. Um, people feeling just sick, like nauseated, That dizzy. could be in your head. Could be in your head. Wait, just... If I'm
0: scared a place is haunted, I'm gonna I'm gonna worry myself sick. My brain does. Well, that.
1: anxiety can induce that. Absolutely. So yeah, um, that I'm the, the kind of guy who
0: will worry myself. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make I'll manifest these emotions. So it's so easy well, for me when I'm not experiencing to be like I totally think you you can cause that on. Well, your we've
1: own talked self. about that. You've definitely have done that to yourself. Absolutely. With like claustrophobia, you're oh, very yeah. claustrophobic, and so when we were in some of the uh, more restricting areas in Europe, like the catacombs in Paris. Oh, yeah, things went wrong.
0: And so I know how powerful the brain is, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's terrifying. The experience is real, yeah. but I'm willing to say people might be doing that. Themselves.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Smelling burning flesh.
0: Okay, now that, that's different. <laughs> that one messes me up, too.
1: Also, I, I also wonder, like, I've never smelled that, and I really pray I never do, yeah. Um, not even my own. I know people have smelled their own. Like when they burn themselves badly, they're like, oh, i myself that's on me.
0: the oven and I can smell my skin cooked. It's awful.
1: I literally don't think I've ever burned myself that bad
0: then. And it turns like skin changes color. It's like the worst thing ever. I'm like, okay, that's just. Yeah, we probably so should I don't... have put a, a disclaimer on that little <laughs> statement there. Sorry, y'all.
1: So this, but don't that's, be eating during this that. isn't like necessarily. Uh, this is just anyone can happen. Like you know, be careful because if sure. you're boiling water or anything like that, just be careful. Anyway, chains being dragged or rattling violently—that's a—that's mm-hmm. another weird one, Ooh. which makes sense with some of the things we talked about. And I feel like we all know what that would sound like. It's absolutely. pretty unmistakable, absolutely, and jarring if there's no one else in the house or where there should be. Uh, seeing full body apparitions for sure. A lot of times, people said that they look like normal people like they thought they were real. Other people say that they end up looking like some of Delphine's victims. Mm. I'll leave it there.
0: Yeah, we can't, I can't talk about what keeps popping in my head because it was part of our censored <laughs> thing, but there's one particular image I'm seeing in my head and it's horrifying.
1: I have a feeling...
0: Do you know exactly which one it is?
1: Well, I, it's a whole thing that's really been circulating in my brain. Oh no, <laughs> you're doing the motion. <laughs>
0: Sorry, God damn that it. was not meant to be funny, but oh, I was like, how do fuck. I...
1: I'm so traumatized. I'll just say Zoidberg. Zoidberg. Oh, my God. For all your Futurama fans, we've ruined it for you now. Right. Okay. So today, the mansion is owned by, I just wrote it like the way the article did because it made me laugh, an oil ty- a tycoon from Texas. The owner was very strict and won't let anyone inside, so he's the guy that, like today, no one's allowed. When American Horror Story Uh, Season 3 was to be filmed. They asked permission if they could film uh, some scenes inside, which they said no. And then they asked, well, can I film the outside? And they were like, no. So they're very, like, private. Uh, I wonder
0: why. That's either for creepy reasons or they're like, no, this needs to, like, never be visited. Like, is it for a good, respectful reason or...
1: Well, I don't know because I mean, people have seen now. the owners at the house. Like sometimes they'll be at the balcony.
0: Like so, so they live there. They don't just. It's not like just an owned property. No one's in.
1: Well, I'm gonna assume since this guy's from Texas, this might be like a vacation home, and he, and if he's an oil tycoon, he'd probably afford whatever the hell. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, people have seen him in the house, as in like living there.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, whenever a tour would come by, he would like get inside. Like he was just very. He hated the attention it got, which is very interesting because I feel like he should have known what he was buying. Totally. You know, so I, you know, I'm very conflicted by it. Like, I get it. You want your privacy. But why specific the LaLaurie house then? Pretty sure there is tons and tons and tons of other mansions to buy in New Orleans. Um or make your own. I, I don't know.
0: It could be just that my brain is in a morose place from everything you talked about earlier. Sure. <laughs> but I'm only assuming for bad reasons.
1: Uh, yeah, very, very possible. So anyway, I don't know this guy. So hopefully it's for good reasons. Maybe he's trying to protect it, like protect people. Just trying to give the benefit of the doubt. So yeah, so like I said, he's very, very private. And he won't even allow, now obviously since he didn't allow, allow tours or filming uh, crew or anything like that. Uh, no popular paranormal investigating show has been there Dang. so that's impressive that is until 2019 2019 when a show called portals to hell on the travel channel became the first paranormal show allowed to investigate the inside which by the way i found out i'd never heard of this show by the way i don't have cable I wonder or why they or got streaming. the
0: permission slip
1: no idea uh, i don't know about that one of the hosts is or rather one of the paranormal investigators is jack osborne
0: wait wait like ozzy osborne's son yeah (laughs) that guy
1: that guy he's one of the investigators along with katrina weedman and she is a prominent paranormal investigator if you're into all those shows you would already know her from the popular show called paranormal lockdown Uh, i do know her i she's awesome I was not able to see the episode again because I don't have travel channel in any capacity and I didn't see it like quote unquote for free anywhere. But there was a seven minute teaser on YouTube that talks about some cool stuff, like one of some of the things that they came across and here's some of the things. A woman by the name Anne, who used to live at the house, this is one of the people that they were interviewing, said that her and her family would frequently have paranormal experiences. She would hear footsteps, one night, her father woke up to find a man in a top hat walking from the armoire into the other room. So just someone, like, walking by that should not have been yeah, there. Yeah, top
0: hat's not something where you it trigger the light. You're like, that's a top hat.
1: Like- yeah, <laughs> you're like, he's literally wearing a top hat. Yeah, exactly. So that happened to her father, Anne's father. And then after Anne and her family had moved out, she decided to move to not move back, sorry, uh, to return to the home 20 years later to what she said, make peace with the house. Mm -hmm. The moment she got close to the house, something shoved her incredibly hard, knocking her on the ground. So it did not want her back. Or like, maybe someone was like, don't come back here for your protection. There is also stories that people say that there are protective ghosts inside so not everything in there is evil or trying to hurt you some of it's very uh kind of residual as well
0: it's like that line from the third annabelle movie it's like not all ghosts are bad
1: oh my god that's right it took me a second I was like what are you talking and about it's supposed to be
0: like that one ghost I won't say which one it is cuz if you haven't seen the movie it's a you don't bit want to of a spoil spoiler it. yeah but yeah so there's that one ghost who turned out to not be like a dick
1: yeah he uh so there is actually a male ghost that whenever There is something bad happening. At this house. At this Lilari house. Now, not the movie again. Sorry. Yeah, at this house that is known to protect you. So if you start feeling scared and you see him, you feel at peace. Or if you start seeing him after hearing noises, the noise will stop after he gets there. Hmm. Just like very interesting things. Yeah. I forgot to mention that earlier. I don't think I wrote it down either. Why? I don't know. Okay. There is... So back to the paranormal lockdown show. Sure. There is also a clip of the duo investigator, so Jack and Katrina, doing their investigation, and they get some pretty cool evidence. Of course, they don't show the whole thing. Again, it's only like seven minutes long well, teaser. and they don't want to ruin and it And they don't all. want to it's ruin it. it a 90s trailer. Yeah, but from what I... <laughs> it does have a 90s trailer. From What Katrina said is that she never felt anything threatening or evil in the house but does think that there is a lot of energy there. And they do capture some cool things. There was like little minor clips of being able to see like or hear things, feeling cold spots, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Classic paranormal show stuff. I really want to see this episode, especially I'm to down. see... I'm i pretty excited. Oh, I really want to see the inside of it, you know? Yeah, I need to
0: see what this Hell House looked like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Post-multiple-renovation Hell House. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. It's absolutely, um, from what I understand, very luxurious and beautiful inside now, modernized in, in many ways. It's not. It's not what it was. It was never supposed to be kept very historical, from what I understand. And who knows what it looked like before, but...
0: So I can tell you I am interested in seeing what it looks like on the inside in video. Yeah. I have no interest in going to this place. Ever.
1: I mean, I... The
0: history of it's just too revolting. It's
1: tough. I get what you're saying, and I'm not lying. This is probably one of the more horrific situations that one could encounter even at the time of slavery. Yeah. But... I would be willing to go and look at it from the outside. I don't need to go I outside. I might be
0: willing to look at it from the outside. Yeah. It's one of those things where, to me, it's not because of the hauntings that I'm scared. or It's not that I'm scared either. Uh, the hauntings aren't the problem. It's it's disturbed by. I mean, I want to go to New And Orleans, I understand
1: why people won't want to go there for that reason. And so far,
0: there's a lot of other haunted stuff that, uh, to me, all the other haunted stuff just sounds nice. So.
1: Yeah. I think I'm there for the entertainment and other uh, fashions, like the culture as well. Like, it's just such a bizarre, um, eclectic insane city which I'm pretty fascinated has an incredible history and as far as macabre goes, there's plenty of more to explore that's gonna be like um less less painful to um (laughs) to endure for some. So I mean I would I would love to maybe walk by it but not necessarily go in. I think you're right. It's not really necessary in a weird way. But I think I'm definitely gonna go to New Orleans at some point and I'm excited for that.
0: Well if we're gonna do that, you need to do a lot more New Orleans stories. So that we know where we're gonna go. And check I out know. I, in between when we're getting drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I first I was like, oh, we can totally come to this house, and then the more I read, I was like, oh dear God, no, <laughs> Maybe um,
0: we're not gonna come. And to
1: this also, house. we're not allowed anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> a
0: House that survived being burned down in a mob of four thousand people and being owned by Nick Cage, and it's still
1: around. I <laughs> like those are your two points. I have a
0: feeling that if you know the levees completely break and the, the polar ice caps melt, and New Orleans is eventually submerge in water which will happen i'm sorry in you a mean long like time per- scale it's gonna happen permanently
1: not just like a hurricane yeah like i have did.
0: a feeling that everything's getting washed away and you could go excavating in a thousand two thousand whatever years and that house will still be there everything <laughs> else is gone but the house is still <laughs> gonna that house be there. for
1: whatever the hell reason is gonna stand <sighs> the um, most haunted
0: location under the ocean
1: yeah I would say that has a pretty horrific history. So, yeah, okay. Well, that was my story. I hope I. I think I said the word horrifying so many times in this episode, <laughs> <laughs> more than I probably should.
0: See, I, I have a feeling that slowly Lily's trying to turn this into a true crime. I contest. know,
1: without Chase knowing. Hey, hey, hey.
0: Yeah, well, fun times.
1: Yeah, so I think based on all that, I'm pretty sure that we all need another drink, whether that is alcohol, another cup of coffee. Or just some water because, holy hell, we need a little bit of water right now after that story. Absolutely. So we'll be right back. And Chase, I think you have a little thing for us.
0: I got a little thing for you.
1: Yay, see you in a bit. Okay, so we're back and we definitely have our drinks now because, again, I needed it. I needed a needed stiff
0: it. one to yeah. Oh, hell yes. All right, so what we're about to talk about is complete 180 degrees to an end of episode and counter, 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 counter. Yay,
1: something fun.
0: <laughs> Over the last couple like months, we've been regularly giving updates on the pending release of a report that was gonna come out. Well, it just came out last week and it came out right after your quarter episode, so we mm-hmm. had to wait till this episode to talk about it. Exactly. So it was a report that details the government's investigations into UFOs or UAPs, which Mm. is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, to Congress. So I think we should just dive into it.
1: I totally agree.
0: Back in December 27th of 2020, legislation called the Consolidated Appropriations Act was passed. It had a bunch of stuff in it, and the most well-known part that you guys are all probably familiar with was the stimulus check. one of the stipulations within the bill. So usually bills have a lot of things attached to them that effectively. Oh, a lot yeah, of they're
1: trying to get a lot of things uh, And so in there. and
0: don't worry, we're not going political. This is oh, just no, no, history. No. This stipulation relates to us. So one of the stipulations within the bill was a requirement that the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense create a report with quote, detailed analyses or analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena, data, and intelligence, end quote which is a fancy way of saying all information the government had on UFOs slash UAPs and mm-hmm. release it to Congress. The deadline was 180 days after passing of legislation, which turned out to be June 25th of 2021. Mm-hmm. So now that it's been released... I know. I'm
1: so curious. What, what did you we find? We
0: were all so curious. Get ready to be disappointed. <laughs> so what did it say? I should preface by saying the report was only nine pages long. Yeah. And we don't know how much that was redacted. But <laughs> you and me wrote undergrad essays longer than that. And we usually did it the day before they were I due.
1: was going to say, not not term papers, like little essays.
0: There's a very good chance this was written the day before it w- was meant to be reported. Mm-hmm. It should also be mentioned that one of the people present during the briefing, who was only reporting anonymously for their safety, stated that there was very little in the report that wasn't already public knowledge at this point. It may well have just been a summary of, hey, you know all that stuff you've heard about? We put it into one nine-page report. <laughs> Sweet. They say it's a preliminary report, but I doubt we will see anything better or longer in the future. OK. Here's what we do know was in the report. The bulk of... Of it mentioned that there were 143 observed unidentified aerial phenomena mm. that were documented specifically through the US military. So these reports were US military reports as opposed sure. to like, you know, some stranger on a farm saying something. These were okay. military reports. Right. But most of these reports were from the last 16 years. So these are all recent. I think oh. the most recent of which was like 2004 ish. Um, The sightings vary in their specificity. So they, you know, some are vague and some are a lot more detailed. Okay. But 18 of these, so 18 of the 143 were particularly complex because they, quote, appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion, end quote. Mm. It attempted to explain away many of the sightings as being either foreign technology or atmospheric artifacts and phenomena. Uh-oh, ball lightning. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right here on my page I had in quotes, they never said ball lightning, <laughs> lightning but I'm pretty sure they meant ball lightning. They,
1: you know what they meant. Oh
0: man, orbs and ghosts and ball lightning and UFO. This we're, is this is the future. We're apparently
1: not a fan of circles. So
0: <laughs> glowing circles. <laughs> glowing yeah. circles. The report does say that the investigations are currently inconclusive. However, the most important thing to note, and this is the whole reason this is worth talking about, even if briefly, is that it states, although there has been no specific evidence that any of this is extraterrestrial in origin, Mm -hmm. there hasn't been any evidence to the contrary, and it cannot rule out the possibility of an extraterrestrial origin. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Okay. The report goes on to say how it is standardizing reporting procedures for UAPs and changing how it pursues tracking them in the field. You know how they talk to pilots, how to deal with it, how the reporting goes, how we're detecting, like just any
1: kind of technology that they might encounter. Kind yeah, of scenario.
0: This report has mentioned that because of all this, they are actually the investigative branch that's working on this is actually making standard procedures and that's cool. So they're they're working on that, which I do appreciate. That could result in better stuff.
1: But they could also have be helpful, even if it is just like a like another country with their, you know, any kind of thing that they might encounter by accident or something.
0: Yeah, assuming it's a national security issue because it's foreign things, yeah. like them figuring this out. Like like they said, getting this all together isn't because it's extraterrestrial in origin. That may be the case, but sure. figuring out what this is is actually important because if it, we don't know what it is, what if someone has a techno- technological advance over us? Exactly. That's a big deal.
1: And having a procedure really helps because then that way we know how either a pilot or whoever is... Ex- his, seeing this has a procedure so it's predictable what they're going to do and no matter what our steps are the same and however it the thing is reactive could be helpful in the future absolutely so that's interesting okay yeah I and got this. i think
0: this proves how i 100 am an american who was raised in the post-atomic bomb dropping era oh lord and that is that the idea of another country being more advanced than us uh in terms of like military intelligence and espionage i don't mean like they made a better cell phone i mean like okay i was like Christmas japan's stuff. already yeah no, no i meant i meant in terms of like oh, national security issues that terrifies me and i actually am embarrassed that that terrifies me i'm like i mean I'm like I, what is up with my fragile little ego and sense of security blanket that apparently i'm bothered if another country might be doing advanced stuff it's just i think i'm just a product of my environment and time But I do think that's interesting that I had that reaction. I'm like, wow, Chase, get over yourself. That's stupid.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of understand it. Although I'm fairly confident that there's other things that, I mean, for sure, Japan has uh, technology. They're just kind of waving it in our face if you want to think about it that way. But I think it's fascinating how far they've come into certain things. No, absolutely. um, Just whatever. And sometimes it's like the weirdest stuff, too. You're like, I don't. I don't know why this exists, but thank you. You no, know what exactly. I mean? Like, it's just like inventions or, or just different ways of doing things, and it's awesome. Now, with that said, um, places that have their space program up and running and putting a lot of money and investments in it, they're always going to have better technology in general yeah. uh, for those kind of and things. And now that's a
0: lot of countries.
1: That's a lot of countries. So I'm not... Personally, I'm not surprised or upset. I'm I'm just yeah. like okay. Well, that's just where they put their resources. Um, well, I mean,
0: at this point, we're our government doesn't even send. Uh, have our own ships going up there. We're using private... Privatized, or we're using, yeah. We're using... We've been saying stuff on the Russian Soyuz and we've been using privatized SpaceX yeah. and everything like so that. Yeah, so you
1: shouldn't be concerned. It's, it, it's
0: a new change and it's yeah. a good, healthy change. But I mean, the fact that I acted weird and most people, <laughs> most most countries out there grew up in a world, people alive, grew up in a world where the U.S. had nuclear bombs and landed on the moon and stealth bombers and all this crap and they're fine. And for some reason, if, if some guy invented a really cool drone, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) National Security, and I turn into a weirdo. So I need to get over that.
1: It's really, really freaking me out.
0: There's a life lesson I've learned here, and that is calm down, Chase. Calm down, Chase.
1: (laughs) Calm down. Have Have a drink.
0: I do think we can say that this was a bogus report. Okay. If we know one thing about any bureaucracy, it's that departments don't talk well to each other. I mean, yeah. even just if you need to get a new driver's license or change your social security number or anything like that, you have to go through all these departments independently and it all fails and everything goes badly. Your health insurance is in a different name than your than like everything else because when you change your name, even though the health insurance has your new name, like mm-hmm. your login's in one name but your card is in another... This is how bad this whole thing works. Yeah. So, if we just assume that the government is just like that, and it is, um, <laughs> how can we assume that they're communicating with each other? Governments are actually going to make this problem more compounded because we have national security as an issue. Right. So here are the two takeaways that I have from this report. Number one, in all likelihood, the U.S. government is so fractured due to its national security interests that there are quite a lot of powerful people who don't know the whole picture. Mm -hmm. This report proves that the minimal amount of effort was made to brief Congress (laughs) on these unidentified signings. Oh, good. And that either because the people creating the report don't know or they don't want the information getting out. Pick one. It's one of them. Right. Right. Number two, and this is the best one, going back to what I said earlier, is that we now have an official government report that admits it cannot rule out extraterrestrial origin. It may Mm. seem like a small thing to say... But it's actually a really big deal. I someone was to say, that's a big deal. Someone online they used the term paradigm shift, and I had to say it because I never get the opportunity to say that because paradigm is one of my favorite words in the English language.
1: Paradigm. It oh, yeah. is it's like quite ultra- the gem.
0: I have <laughs> I have things. Like, I love hearing ultra vez in Spanish. I love paradigm in English. One of my favorite other words is the... Because we're talking about space, the sure. Russian launch facilities, the Cosmodrome. They're just words that just do something to me where I'm just like, these are so cool. So paradigm shift. Okay. So happy I got to say it. That's um, lovely. I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> so this the first step to anything is mm-hmm. admission, and now we have this. I'm not saying they're extraterrestrial, but it's so amazing to now have the government say. We don't know. Maybe because ever since you know, like Roswell and all that stuff, the government would always say weather balloon, plane crash, something, a cover up, and they'd be like, "It's not aliens. There's no aliens. It's not aliens." It's like it's- so
1: aggressively, yeah. Not. And then they'll tell you uh, fireworks, and you're like, "Okay, I mean, I get it. You're trying to cover it up, but that's just insulting." Like <laughs>
0: exactly. And so you kept hearing it wasn't aliens so much. You're like, "Okay, I don't know if I believe in aliens, but now I want to because you guys are just assholes." Yeah. And so. Now we have them say, we don't know if it's a balloon. It doesn't look like a balloon. It doesn't act like a balloon. We're not saying it's aliens. Maybe it is aliens.
1: They're kind of like, we're with you on this one. Like, we don't know
0: either. And I like that. That's exciting because it changes the way the government, it it shows that even the government, at least certain people in the government are like, look, we don't know.
1: Or at least they're not telling us, you
0: know. And so maybe some other people know more. But at this point, we have an official report that has gone to Congress saying, Maybe aliens.
1: Well, it's kind of one of those things. It's nice to, it's nice to be heard and be like, we've been saying these things for so many years, and then it's nice to hear that you don't know either. I don't know if this is comforting, but at least we're not being lied to, which is more insulting. Like I said, I just, I'm all about being on the same boat, um, and I don't want someone like. You know Leaving me in, in in the ocean Being like No you're on your own I have no idea What you're talking about Kind of thing so
0: Well I don't think It is comforting I can't remember the <laughs> I can't remember The exact quote I read It was on the Wikipedia sure. page Of the report But it was along The lines of We have no evidence Leading us to Extraterrestrial origin but we have nothing disproving that and we're gonna follow the facts even if it leads us in that direction. It was something along those lines. But and I, when I read that
1: I guess I'm not saying comforting, but no, go ahead.
0: But when I read that, it tickled me.
1: <laughs> it tickled.
0: To hear it tickled to is your fans, like yeah. We have no reason to think it's aliens. And I said, But if evidence starts saying aliens, we're gonna follow it that way. And I'm like, ooh, tell me more. Yeah. I was pretty excited. That's but. kinda what
1: I'm saying. It's just like exciting. It's so, like, okay, so we're all here, right? Like, we see this. Exactly. Exactly. And then that's, to me, I guess, kind of comforting.
0: So I do apologize that this end of episode encounter, 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 wasn't a story. But I felt since we had talked about this for so long, I needed to do an update. The next end of episode encounter, I swear, will be an exciting, probably, abduction story because those are the best.
1: Yay. And I guarantee it will happen.
0: We just had to cover this because it's relevant. It's happening. This is a real world event that yeah. has to do with UFOs and little green men and
1: little funny things.
0: Yeah, and all the videos that we keep seeing. So, <laughs> so I, that's what I got, and I think that brings this episode to a close. As a reminder, if you guys have any cool stories you want us to look at and maybe possibly talk about on the show, drop us a line at hotwpodcast at gmail or social media or text message if you know us personally, all that good stuff. hear <laughs> <don't love> <laughs> <your> a little voice. <laughs> As always, we post uh, episodes every Saturday. At what time Saturday might vary, but we post It episodes. is
1: always going to be a Saturday, It's Damn always it. on Saturday. Yeah,
0: And you can find us on all standard podcast platforms, including Spotify. Trust me, we do mean Spotify.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of that, people seem to still not know that, but that that's okay. That seems
0: to be one of our more popular Yeah. Venues, so get to it if you like it. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us today. If you, like us, are imbibing away. Cheers and have another. We know we will to wipe our memory of <laughs> Lily's story from today. And if you have to do the same, I apologize.
1: Uh, you're welcome.
0: But true hauntings come from horrible things, and I can't think of anything more horrible than that's,
1: that. That's true, unfortunately, but yeah. So
0: that place might legitimately be haunted, <laughs> which is why I don't want to go there. Sure. Um, if you are listening to us on your way to work or being a productive member of society, doing yoga or something cool like that, good for you. Keep doing it, and drink later. I hope your day is awesome, and if you happen to be hungover while listening to this, don't worry Because the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye.
1: See ya.